0: Algar Productions. Algar Algar, Algar, Productions. Algar Productions. Algar Productions.
1: Algar Productions.
0: Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 334, covering Two Days and Two Nights and Shockwave Part 1
2: with Brian Lynch.
1: Hi friends, we're here. We're at the end of season one, 25% of the way through Enterprise. That
2: surprised the crap out of me. I, its It was like I looked up and season one was over and I had breathed a heavy sigh of relief. Thanks Thanks for season show
0: the memories you've brought to us, Show. I don't know. Uh, Do we have not even
1: seen
2: this show? Was <laughs> I Al- just
1: season three times a lady? I think I was. I, I'm not sure. How many times a lady? <laughs> That is You'll not go enough time.
0: Once, twice, three times a season. And I love you.
1: Ah, oh, we love you too, Brian. Yeah, oh, thanks. Brian's here. We don't love Enterprise though. I
0: love yeah. Al, I love Matt. Enterprise I have mixed feelings
1: about. Yeah, it's uh, I would say the the last portion of this season has been better. It they've like, they've shown promise. Yeah, the last, I don't know, a handful of episodes, five or six, something like that, have been better. Not good, but better. Good for enterprise.
0: Yeah, if we keep getting these incremental improvements, it might be watchable by season four, so I hear.
1: That's what everyone says. I don't know, Matt, what do you think?
2: Uh, I no? think this is pretty much it.
1: Not not as impressed as, as I am, which is barely impressed?
2: Uh, they've gotten slightly more watchable, but I mean, this show's, the fucking, I... this show's fucking dull.
1: It is dull, but I feel a little more invested in the characters than I did, like, ten episodes ago, let's
2: say. I only got invested in the characters when I started making up a character. And then the Hugh became my favorite character.
1: <laughs> yeah, but he keeps living up to you, the things you made up. Yeah, that's true. I'll take that. It's almost like I'm
2: I, I'm affecting the plot of one character.
1: Could you make like him a more case? interesting captain?
2: Uh, yeah, that nice. might be beyond the, the scale of my powers.
0: Maybe he could get a haircut or something.
2: I'm only a journeyman... TV show manufacturer
1: guy. I don't know. We're, we we you know, collectively we've we've imagined some pretty great things for some pretty dull characters, but mm-hmm. I think that might be our greatest challenge yet. A lot I'm of people thinking.
0: think the TV show manufacturer guy is the most underpowered class in Dungeons and Dragons, but you can really do a lot with it.
1: Oh yeah. I I'm just going to assume that's correct. <clears throat> or possibly a reference I don't know. You said D&D and my brain just like,
2: I don't want to talk about more. that.
1: Yep. <laughs> No, no, I don't want to listen to it. I don't want to acknowledge it. Like, it just shuts down completely. It's like uh, mentioning politics. Nope, no thank you. Goodbye. Yep. Anyway, Brian, why don't you tell us about the wonderful episode, what's called Two Days and Two Nights, and I'll go have a smoke or something. (laughs) Well, after weeks of delay, Enterprise has finally made good on its threat to
0: visit Risa. I guess that's what passes for continuity around these parts. Let me just check memory alpha... Journey to Risa, Part 3 of (laughs) 3. It's been a long road getting from there to here. (laughs) This is clearly meant to be a sort of light breather episode to allow everyone some nice character moments before the big finale, so therefore, commence the parallel plot lines. John's Plot, or A Bland Vacation, Slightly Spoiled. The captain is one of the lucky ones that won the random drawing allowing shore leave, and he decided to take it because he doesn't care if his crew resents him. Upon arriving at Risa in the company of his far more interesting friend Porthos, <laughs> he commences to stay in his hotel room reading a book. Which doesn't seem like much of a vacation, but it's a step up from what he usually does in his off time, sitting quietly in a darkened room until the next episode begins. <laughs> his neighbor's a bland, sandy-haired dog owner in early middle age, so the sparks are naturally flying. Well, not exactly sparks, more like pieces of damp cardboard. But they are flying. Well, not exactly flying, more like being slowly passed around a conference table. Annie she turns out to be a spy or something. See, she's one of the aliens what ran the internment camp a few weeks back, uh, and she's been cosmetically modified to look like a different type of almost entirely human alien, as if Archer would remember what her people look like. I sure don't. Anyway, she interrogates him, he knows nothing, and she leaves. Man, her people sure think Archer's a lot more competent than he is. But that's enough of Temporal Cold War, part four of... Well, that would be telling. Let's move on to Hoshi's Plot, or How Hoshi Got Her Groove Back. Hoshi is having a bit of a busman's holiday in this one, going on vacation to study linguistics and talk to the locals in their own language without any translator. That would be like me going to another country just to visit historical theaters and discuss theater history with various nerdy kids and their parents. Hey, wait a minute, I did that. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Hoshi gets laid with some bulky foreheaded hunk and makes a pun about conjugations, so it's all good. Flox's plot, or Sleeping Goofy. T'Pol has been left in charge of Enterprise, and she's as pleased as a Vulcan can be. She's the boss, and there's no one talking about her bum? What a day. <laughs> With so many of the crew away, Dr. Flox has decided that now's the time for his multi-day hibernation. Hey, they talked about that last week. <laughs> it's a regular continuity orgy in here. Crewman Cutler is taking over as the medic, who's only allowed to wake up Flox if it's a real emergency. Telegram? Telegram for Mr. Plot? Mr. Plot? Telegram? <laughs> sure enough, Travis returns to Enterprise with some broken ribs after an accident mountain climbing, because mountain climbing is what every young man wants to do on his first trip to Planet Fuck. So they wake up Flocks and he's sleepy and whimsical and everything's fine at the end. Trip and Malcolm's plot, or they could be taken on all day. <laughs> trip and Malcolm are on their way to Risa for one reason, which is, to be fair, the only reason anyone should go to Risa. They hang out at a bar and it's just a swarm of bums, which is also my least favorite novel in A Song of Ice and Fire. (laughs) They spend two evenings being gross men in ugly suits making gross jokes and innuendos until they finally meet two sexy ladies who are into them. Like, really into them. They want to know where they're from, what's in their hotel rooms, what are their social security numbers and mother's maiden names. You know, romantic stuff. (laughs) The ladies turn out to be two fish lizards who rob them of their wallets and their clothes. They're men, exclaims Malcolm, needlessly enforcing a gender binary onto another species. The boys get free and are very embarrassed over walking around in their underwear, despite the fact that they're on fucking Risa. <laughs> Becker's Plot, or This Week on Becker. When a patient leaves Becker, several stakes as a gift. Much to his annoyance, the others insist on helping themselves. Hilarity, I presume, ensues. But the important question remains. Is he annoyed that the others are helping themselves, or that the patient got him stakes?
1: We're still doing the Becker thing, huh? Yeah, no, yeah. we no
2: longer have any particular connection to Becker.
1: I just feel like the people will want to know. Well, I mean, given that the alternative is watching Becker, I guess your 10-second uh, synopsis of the occasional Becker episode is probably better, yes. There you go.
2: Of the three shows <laughs> I know, uh, that I know Ted Danson from, Becker is definitely the least of them.
1: Incidentally, there actually
0: was no new episode of Becker of the Week this aired, so I had to look and figure out what the rerun was.
2: Are you just making Uh, up episodes of Becker? No, I'm going on Wikipedia and copying the plot summaries directly. Because now I desperately want you to start making up episodes of Becker to see if I can tell or not.
0: Also, anytime I copy a plot summary, I have to change the name John to Becker, because apparently his
2: first
1: name is John, and uh, that's not as funny. No, especially since now our captain's name is John. Uh Uh-huh. The most boring name. Sorry, Johns, but it's true, and you know it.
2: I wish our captain was Becker.
1: (laughs) I wish our captain was the other archer. We've said that before, and we'll say it again. But, yep. You know, that would John like is actually a fairly interesting
0: name, just because of how widespread it is. It shows up in like a huge swath of cultures.
1: Well, yeah, but in a in a Star Trek show, I don't know. We talked about this, I think, a week or two ago, mm. where it just it doesn't feel right when they oh, call yeah, it. Oh, yeah, no, no. It's the
0: well, that's because it's so wide ranging. It's it's incredibly yeah. generic, which is the problem. I was once but in a class. I, okay. uh, I once taught in a classroom that had seven people named John in it. Or some variation thereof. Yeah, uh, there was there was a Jack, two Wands, a Hannah, a Giovanni, um, and these were all like evolutions of John. Mm. Uh, right. And just that one tiny fact is more interesting than John Archer has ever been to me.
1: <laughs> that's true. Although that said, I'm gonna go ahead and jump into my good thing here. Sure. Um, ex- excuse me. No, this is my bad thing. Sorry. It's <laughs> so hard. It hard to to tell starts. This show. It starts with a good thing, though. It does start with a good thing. I actually kind of liked Archer's quiet dad romance. Like there was nothing to it. And I didn't want to spend more than maybe five minutes out of the 45 on it. But I like, I kind of liked he's bland and if he was bland and kind of a secondary character, like everyone else was interesting and the captain's just kind of this boring guy. We don't see very much. I would kind of mm-hmm. like that. Cause there's something about him being deliberately going to planet fuck as you call it and bringing a book. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like that in a, in a weird way. Like it's I mean, not interesting to what watch. Yeah, yeah, but Picard got sucked into a sexy adventure. This all happened in his hotel room. That's true. <laughs> Picard got got pulled to some weird catacombs with with ancient relics and such. And Archer never left the one room that all the action happened in. Archer
0: walked. Archer walked to one boat restaurant off
2: screen. Also, right. I, I would like to point out how uh, how. Riza evolves into a very cheap planet over 200 years.
1: <laughs> That's true. It looks way better in this episode. But I don't know. There's something kind of simple and, mm-hmm. and kind of nice about, again, I, it's a very dad thing. It's a very, here's a single middle-aged man meeting an age-appropriate love interest who he's flirting with very appropriately and not like coming on to in a gross way, which we'll get to when we get to one of the other subplots. But, and it's kind of sweet, like, oh, your dog is over there, and I have a dog also, let's talk about dogs, and oh, you want to go to dinner? And it was kind of sweet. And then there's a shocking twist that she's like, uh, she's involved in the temporal code war, blah, blah, blah. Like, again, I didn't want to spend a lot of time on it, but I thought it was a nice little quiet, he gets to relax and breathe for a week, and Mm. no, it's
0: more bullshit. I like when he was talking to her about that, like how her, she, she was like, you know cosmetically altered and he's like your people had a very distinctive uh you know uh impression in their heads right here and i thought they did yeah
2: how distinctive no. was that very distinctive not i no. let's not go nuts here
1: maybe it's distinctive to him because he was in their prison for weeks looking at them i mm-hmm. guess i mean you know you know, know
2: if i ever see you again that forehead imprint is definitely going to be very distinctive to
1: me i remember john archer I, I looked at Dean Stockwell for years and years and he didn't look like that. And then he did. So <laughs> you don't forget a thing like that.
2: I love that uh, the Sula bands plan to uh, whatever the fuck they were trying to do or not the Sula band, the fucking whatever, whatever, these whatever guys. these spy guys plan was. The Dean Stockwell like, guys. Yeah, yeah. They're like, the OK, yeah. make sure she has a dog. We know yeah. one thing about him and he likes dogs. Yeah, we know that is,
0: two that's things your way in him. right there. We know two things about him. He has a dog and he knows all the secrets of the Suliban despite appearances to the contrary.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I just, I, I wish, like, he, he wasn't, the captain doesn't always have to get, like, pulled into the big plot. Like, why couldn't he just have a nice little vacation? So mm-hmm. that irritated me. But but also, I kind of wanted to get that out of the way because there's so many more interesting things to talk about. And now we can be done with the captain unless you guys have anything. On. Yeah, no,
2: every oh, time no, we no. have a room, yeah. I'm just like, oh, good. yeah,
1: but I agree. I, I think
0: the the best the best thing to do on a rice episode would be to do this sort of four plot lines thing and make it a story about how <laughs> this is going to sound stupid, but a story about how
1: everybody had sex in their own way. Yeah. Not even sex. I mean, the thing is, everyone emphasizes sex planet, but I think it's supposed to be tropical paradise, which is it it was definitely funny for you to point out that Travis going mountain climbing was was a little dorky. But on the mm -hmm. other hand, I feel like there is a bunch of that, too. Like, it's not just sex. Yeah.
0: But like if they're going to do the romance thing with him and, you know, the the, the, the Hoshi had like a similar thing and uh, the other guys were trying to get laid and. It, the, no, they, you're they tried right. to introduce an element of danger into theirs also and it just didn't work and no. it's not like we ever thought Flux wasn't going to fix uh Travis so mm-hmm.
1: no to me it's like it's that thing that I'm pretty sure this is a Rick Berman thing where you can't just have a quiet character episode there always has to be deadly danger and yeah this episode would have worked for me a lot better because there was some good character stuff it would have worked a lot better if there wasn't any significant deadly danger if everyone was just kind of like like a like a 22 short films about Springfield where everyone's mm-hmm, yeah. just off having their own adventure that would have been fun. You know, yeah, I like it it's uh, a
2: good uh, lead in to uh, the
1: season finale. Yes. Yeah, exactly. The penultimate episode of the season can be a really light character heavy one so then you can do all the action in the next one. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Um but or if you're season 4 of Buffy, do that backwards.
2: <laughs> right. Oh exactly. god, that's right. I forgot about that.
0: Yeah. Um, I remember exactly which one you mean. So speaking of characters, uh, I want to say my good thing yeah uh it's the crewman because this episode brings us not one but two honest to gosh recurring characters Who yes. was the other one i remember but we cutler. kept wanting voyager to have well there was uh there was crewman cutler of course who had a little featured bit uh helping Yay. out uh, fox as she does uh for the last time uh we will never oh, see is her, her, again. Last Help, really? it's her last appearance this her last bitch it's her last acting role she died
2: <laughs> yeah oh um, well that really sucks
1: yeah i did her, i did read uh, that she died but i thought it was a couple of years later i didn't realize no nah, no nah, her uh, her heart was no good which is too bad she uh, was a really good
0: actor yeah, and she was she oh, was man. like the guest star on like f- a bunch of different tv shows like people liked working with her also mm-hmm. and, like well, she, she's
1: exactly the kind of could so, like she
0: would have been a regular on the series within like two years
1: yeah, no, she, but she's exactly the kind of character I like in that secondary role that, that mm-hmm. Next Gen had a bunch of these characters where it's like, oh, it's her again. That's nice, like how O'Brien started out. Exactly.
0: Oh, see, she could have been a off on, yeah. you know, Star Trek, yeah. Deep Space 8, I don't know, whatever. The, <laughs> <laughs> whatever very original thing they could come out with after this. Uh-huh. Uh, but the other one was the, um, uh, the guy that was flying everybody back and forth to Risa. Um, was one of the guys that got uh swept up in the goo alien? Uh, oh yeah. Years ago. Uh, he was like that guy, and he was just kind of like, mm, "Hey, hi, it's me. What's going on?" But I don't know. there's something like appealingly goofy. He was Kermit about the frog? frog. Yes, he was yeah. Kermit. Another new Kermit the Frog. I'm aboard um, my space shuttle. But he was um, you know, like there's a bit where like. It was a weirdly framed shot in the beginning where the, the main characters were sitting in the back of the shuttle pod talking to each other about what they were going to do when they went on. And he just had this, like, little smile on his face. And he was, like, shaking his head and, like, having himself a sensible little chuckle. You like, nutty
2: kids all in to rice up.
0: Look at me. I'm I'm flying. I'm flying the important people around. <laughs> they are such characters.
1: I'm,
2: it, it, I'm it, doing my job. It's like he's taking them to prom. <laughs>
1: It. I actually like that as a framing device, though, where we start out at the beginning with them all on the shuttle. Okay, we're all gonna go do stuff, and then when they come back, most of them are just quiet because all their stuff exploded. And Hoshi's just got a big grin, like, "Well, my vacation was great." <laughs> I kind of enjoyed that. Uh, yes. Uh, Matt, what actually, oh, yes. That uh, was a good thing.
2: Yes. I love Flux's uh, stupid rambling scene. Like, I'll take some dumb broad comedy when it's this rare. Mm. Like. It's, he just shows up out of nowhere to like stumble around, mumble things incoherently, and then fall over.
1: Well, uh, Bri- Brian like had a lot to talk about, so he didn't really go into depth in this. You should you should explain exactly what we oh, were yes, seeing. Oh yes, yeah, I, I cut that one short. No, and so, I, I rightfully so.
2: Basically, Phlox goes into hibernation, and they're just like he's just like don't wake me up unless you really really need me. So they really really needed him because apparently Cutler does not affect a broken leg or whatever the the problem was.
1: No, uh, Travis like. Travis got some antibiotics or whatever on the planet, and they didn't know he was allergic, and he had a seriously horrible reaction. And, mm-hmm. like, don't just give aliens injections of your alien shit. What is wrong with you? But and, and <laughs> that's that's what the deal is. It wasn't just the broken leg.
2: So basically, when you wake up one of Phlox's species from their hibernation, it's like if you woke up someone and they went into complete baffled panic, I was in the middle of a dream mode, but it yeah. doesn't go away.
1: Yeah, basically, yes. we got Dougie for like du- the Dougie version of Fox for a while. <laughs> I'm surprised you know that reference, Brian. Uh, I I I'm still like only halfway through
0: season one of Twin Peaks, but yeah. Uh, but I, in- internet osmosis Dougie has really yeah
1: Doug, Dougie has made his way onto the internet. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was extremely goofy, but you're right because it happens so rarely. Like Neelix did this every goddamn week, yeah, and no, I hated it. But Neelix
2: would have driven me up the fucking wall. But like Flox has been
1: this wide-eyed optimist and yeah. and very dignified to this point, so it was great to give him a goofy moment and then yeah. make it go away again. Mm-hmm.
2: And he he's, he's good. I'm jammies, which is funny to me. Yeah,
0: you've mentioned before that he's one of those actors that like just like shows up and stuff. And um, it, it was good to see him you know sort of flex the the character actor muscle a little bit. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was flex, flex and flox. Flex yep. and flop. He's actually just random trivia. He's married to another fantastic uh, character actor, um, uh, Benita Friderisi, who's uh, shows, she was the general on Chuck. Ah. Uh, and she, again, shows up in all sorts of stuff. Right. And so I'm like, yes, it's a hey, it's that guy
1: power couple. <laughs> no, he definitely had some like, no, nah, no, like he was playing sort of half comic drunk and it was super broad, but it was kind of funny. Yep. I thought also uh agreed
2: yeah also trip do you even know how clothes work nobody has spent more time (laughs) running around their underwear in all of star trek also trip i love your little leisure leisure suit also trip will you marry me
1: (laughs) there's i well we should talk about the flocks thing first but we definitely need to give some some time to uh to the trip and malcolm thing because uh-huh that's where Why? I have the most stuff to say.
0: Why were they wearing their uniform
1: underwear under I don't their think They have any suits. other
2: uniform or they have any other underwear?
1: Yeah, we talked about this a week or two ago. All the clothes they have are what they packed for their week mission to go take that Klingon back. Like they never went back to Earth for clothes and they don't have replicators. Which, Which means, means just like trick his
2: Hawaiian, two Hawaiian, Hawaiian shirts and his wild and crazy guy's suit.
1: Correct, but no underwear. But no All these underwear. uniform underwear. Oh it's so weird. And again that they were like embarrassed walking back in their underwear like everybody in that bar was wearing their underwear basically. Plus nobody's Fucking seen your species funded. before. They don't know what's cu- what's uh, culturally appropriate for you. This just could yeah. be normal human behavior. I did T-shirts off say it's a swimsuit. I desperately yeah. wanted to see them
2: get off like walk in and like I uh, also desperately wanted to see them get off. But I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> like Malcolm's in there like trying to cover up his junk and looking all
1: awkward and trips just like what's up ladies? yeah no the the interesting thing to me that's what i call it yep gotta gotta get that in there everyone's got to do their trip impression
2: (laughs) your trip is like uh 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 george w bush after he finished his presidency
1: (laughs) i mean there's you know we would not be the first people to point out the incredible similarities to the point where he played george w bush in something recently yep really so yes because you look at him and you're like, you know, in about 15 years, that guy could play George W. Bush. And he did. Immaculate
0: mm-hmm. kind of looks like him, too.
1: Yeah, I could see yeah, that. It's, it's mostly squint. the squinting. Yeah, the,
0: the, the squint in the eyebrows.
1: It's yeah. the
2: squint in the eyebrows and reading The Very Hungry Caterpillar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the the thing that really like got me, though, was, OK, these two are being kind of creepy, like, like yeah. super creepy. But uh, Trip and Malcolm are talking about the exact same thing on their way down in the shuttle. They're saying, you know, we're gonna we're gonna go look for ladies. They are they are dispensing identical information. Trip comes off charming. Malcolm comes off creepy. It's entirely in the way they say yep. it, not even what they're saying. Just like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're gonna go see if we can pick up a little strange. Yes, we're gonna go see if we can pick up a little strange. No, oh, like, ah. I'm going to dip my wick in. <laughs> I bet you are.
2: You guys, Malcolm sounds like salad fingers. Well. <laughs>
1: I mean, if the sal- if the salad glove fits, I guess that's true. Yeah, no, that was, just, it was interesting.
2: That's my bad thing. Actually, it's like, why did you have to pair Tripp and Malcolm up again? That, Malcolm sucks. Shut up, Malcolm.
1: <laughs> well, th- it, that's why. Because uh-huh. I was I was thinking about this. If it had been Tripp and anyone else, I pretty much like just about all the others. The the captain's boring, but everyone else has something about them mm-hmm. I don't hate. Malcolm's the one who needs the buddy. Like like that makes his story worth watching because otherwise you wouldn't care at all. You know, yeah. like. You Hooray, put your weakest one with your strongest one.
0: association. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly.
2: But Goodbye, mom, buddy. I I would have make you look good for a while.
1: I would have kind of enjoyed um Trip and Archer who are well established as being, you know, friends from way back. Sure. Like doing this and Archer having zero interest and sitting in the bar reading his book mm-hmm. and half-heartedly being Trip's wingman, I think that would have been much better.
2: Yes, Mr. Trip here is definitely the engineer on as you say a big fancy spaceship.
1: <laughs> uh, excuse me a boat what flies in space and they both pretended to be the captain which is weird because they already have pretty high ranks yeah mm-hmm. you guys are like the number three and four guys on the ship like of the i ship think it, of a hundred guys tri-
0: isn't uh trip officially the uh, first officer
1: no, he's. I know, uh, I know I mean, T'Pol is functionally the first officer, but I think, yeah, uh, no, I think as, he would as
2: far have been as, if uh, she hadn't shown up.
1: Yeah, as far as rank goes, he's the next ranking Starfleet guy, but mm-hmm. T'Pol is actually the first officer. Oh, I don't okay. like how Scotty
2: would... would be in charge when uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Bones exactly. and Kirk were off the ship. Right.
1: You mean Spock? I mean, you mean Spock?
2: anything, and Bones.
1: Well, yeah, but Bones would never be in charge of anything.
2: No, except in that book.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which apparently they also do a, an episode called "Doctor's Orders" in this show. So, okay, oh, how exciting! They so at this point, that,
2: they're so of bereft of ideas, they're literally like they're literally stealing from books.
1: Uh, I that's just the title. And there's only the there's only so many words to go around.
2: I mean, I yeah. would only bring that up if the next episode didn't completely remind me of uh, Prime Directive.
1: Yeah, I could see that. Only not good, but oh, we'll get exactly. Yeah. Anyway, the 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 flox thing I wanted to talk about real quick. Um, yeah. I, I, as Brian pointed out, they did lay the groundwork for Flock's hibernating. So this actually came back, which was nice. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, what was I the only one incredibly surprised by how cut Travis is? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. He comes back up from the mission and he's got like no sleeves and he's got these giant arms. Mm -hmm. I'm like, they always play up him being this wide eyed kid, but damn. (laughs) Beat the shit out of you. (laughs) He just, he's like. He he plays this sort of like and he's not the best actor in the crew for sure but he does play up the the naive kid thing a lot so it was very much a surprise to see him have like bodybuilder arms mm. I don't know Naive child tells ghost stories giant arms those are three yeah. things we know about him now uh, likes to space. likes to go mountain climbing Yep Yep
2: on mountains that apparently move or something
1: which no, is the know, next fine. which
2: is the next stupidest thing to flying mountains Yeah <laughs> you,
1: you and your flying mountains thing yeah. I don't know, I liked, I wish they could have, like, split it up so maybe half the crew did sex stuff and half didn't, because I do really get the impression <laughs> Risa is not a, just a sex planet. I know, I thought, did sex. I stuff. thought you meant with each other for a second. Well, that would be okay, too. But <laughs> I'm sure, I actually like that the only
2: person that had sex was Hoshi.
1: Oh, that was my good thing. Mm-hmm. I love that, because she, she wasn't going down there with the express, like, desire to do that. She was open to the idea, but she was kind of on a working vacation. Like yeah. she wanted to go and listen to people speak other languages and, and try to politely insinuate herself in conversations to learn how to you know speak other languages mm-hmm. and ended up falling in bed with someone, which I really th- that was sweet. It was nice. Mm-hmm. It was and it was nice that one of the women got some action and it wasn't gross, yep. yes. which is rare for this show. It's, it sucks that we have to give credit for something basically decent like that, but that's mm-hmm. where we are
0: congratulations Enjoyed. enterprise you managed to not be horrible about sex
1: once Good but work but malcolm was still talking about to again when they were down in the like oh uh, i don't remember if he talked about her bum but he was definitely talking about to again
0: everybody was talking about to because archer and his love interest said the words science officer like 50 times to each yeah. other
1: yeah just stop it uh. just, she's up there she's it's okay also early on when she's, like, super encouraging them to go down and, like, have their goofy, sexy adventures or whatever, mm-hmm. she's totally trying to meet them halfway on a bunch of stuff. Like, okay, have fun. Yeah. And they're just like, you don't know what fun is. Look, dude, she said have fun. That is such an unnatural thing for a Vulcan to say. Give her a little yeah. bit of credit, would you? What like, trip was her
0: idea in the first place? As yeah. I recall, three episodes ago, Yeah. 20 seconds before the episode started, she just randomly said, you guys should fuck at dinner.
2: Yeah, no, <laughs> she I was literally that. talking to Archer and Malcolm, the, or... Uh, all right, and, and uh, Travis though—that's
0: <laughs> that's, that's what you humans do, right?
2: Fuck. I ship you two. Go fuck. Yeah.
0: Uh, I well, will yeah, say, I uh, shipping on Vulcan. Al's good thing does segue into my bad thing, though. It does. Um, because my bad thing is, well, I like—I completely agree with Al. I like that. Uh, Hoshi is the one who wound up getting laid, but uh, boy, do I not like her love interest there. Oh uh, yeah, same. And it's, it's not, not because I'm jealous of a fictional himbo. Well, it's not oh, just it was... because of that. Is she
1: the one you get hearts in your eyes for in the show?
0: A little bit. Uh, But here's the thing. I have seen this actor in three things in my entire life. And in all of them, he was cast as somebody who's supposed to be charming and suave. And he always just comes off as like stiff and awkward and weird. And this is no exception. But I guess they can't all be Vash.
1: (laughs) No, I definitely I I think
0: you guys probably saw him. He was um, Dracula on Buffy. Um...
2: Oh, fuck, yeah, he was terrible as Dracula on Bobby. He was
0: such, and that was a pretty good episode, but he was just such an awful Dracula. And he, he, played, Dracula, so he played Dracula that twice Dracula. Dracula. that year. He was in another Dracula thing also. I didn't see what that. What
2: about but... that dude says Dracula to people?
0: I don't know. And then More I don't seductive. know if either you guys saw the uh, the Harold Ramos version of uh, Bedazzled with Brendan Fraser.
1: Yeah, that was all yeah. right.
0: But he was, he was the guy that Brendan Fraser's wife was cheating on him in the, uh, the drug Lord, uh, segment. Ah, yeah, I re- and I it remember. was the same thing. He just sat there with a stupid look on his face and acted like he'd never touched a human in his life.
1: No, honestly, I got a bit of a creeper vibe with him yeah. and Hoshi early I on. Thought I he thought he was going
0: to turn out to, be, I thought that yeah. Archer was going to get some, Hoshi was going to wind up having to deal with, you know, an yeah, alien spy. Crap. Yeah. Yeah. Because no,
2: it was. I
1: was coming off as. It was kind of a sweet thing. Teach me your complicated language. Oh, that's really sexy. Oh, I'm in bed with you now. Okay, I only like this is a thing. There's a bit where they're eating
0: uh, breakfast together, and he's like talking about different kinds of fruits. And at one point he's like, uh, she says, oh, this, this tastes like a kiwi. And he's like, oh, in my language, kiwi means, well, let me show you. And he kisses her. And that mm-hmm. was actually... Was actually, slightly smooth. I don't even believe that kiwi means kiss in his language. No, it much, doesn't matter, it, much less she, that he couldn't come up with the word for it.
1: <laughs> now but, she, uh, now she knows his like his language, all except one word because this guy yeah. lied to her. But just before that. He
0: says, "Oh, what would they call this on your world?" And she's like, "Well, we don't exactly have a name for it, but I guess the closest thing would be strawberry." And she's just holding a strawberry.
1: <laughs> I was wondering, you have like we both have, me and Matt have tons of notes in here, and your only note is, "It's a strawberry." Yes, I, uh, a strawberry. I,
0: I handwrite my notes, so I hardly ever have ah, any on okay. the
1: shared doc. But I happened okay. to be have the doc open while I was watching, and I just typed in real quick, <laughs> "It's a strawberry." i'm like i gotta because, remember to ask brian what that means because what the, i don't remember a strawberry in this episode the, the prop people didn't even like no. didn't
0: even paint it blue or whatever or no. you know make it have like two little strawberry bits popping out of sure. it they could have like, but it's just a strawberry she's like well i guess we would call it something like a strawberry because that's it what was, it is yeah
1: i will say uh at Linda least they Park cut up place, kiwi yeah I will say Linda Park who plays Hoshi really sells a lot of the um the the languages like she's they because she's the linguist and because we don't have the universal translator all the time like she has to speak a lot of these fake languages and it's one mm-hmm. thing to do Klingon or even Vulcan at this point which are kind of established but every two or three weeks she's got to speak this whole new different languages and she almost always completely sells it for me like they really don't feel like a bunch of sci-fi gibberish. It feels like a language mm-hmm. someone might speak. She's good at that, and I and like it. And
0: to his credit, the 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 lumpy sex idiot um, <laughs> did have like a bit, some bits where he spoke his language, and that actually did come off pretty well, especially because yeah. it was like this very rapid staccato kind of thing. Uh, yeah, and it's complicated.
1: Was... And she's like, slow down. No, slowing down actually changes the meaning. Like, I like that they're messing around with different ways that languages work. That's a neat thing.
0: And it could have just sounded like him saying but you know, he he did actually make it sound like an actual language. So right, I guess I like that, that
1: guy's done one thing I've liked in my entire life. <laughs> Spoken well, they, a fake language, okay? They, we've never really gone into how language works and it's not necessarily an interesting topic, but it's a topic like it's an angle of aliens we haven't done a ton with. We've there's been a handful of episodes, but mm-hmm. through Hoshi we actually get a lot more of it in the show. And it's one of the things I like about this show is like, oh yes, you don't you just assume everyone speaks English because the universal translator is perfect by like Kirk's time and Picard's time. But back in the day it wasn't, and you have to really understand how cultures speak. And it's it's a nice new thing which mm-hmm. I, I like that they're dealing with from time to time. Yeah,
0: like the 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 guys that were offended by people eating in the last episode and stuff like that. Yeah. Like you know sometimes there are actual different cultures.
2: Right.
1: Um what else? So I guess we should talk about Trip and Malcolm now. Like their their actual plot what happened to them. Uh, I, there's there's just so little there. I mean, I mean it's, it's
2: it's so obvious. They get tricked by oh, two is. women and then get their clothes stolen. Like
1: No and, it's, and it's as It's fucking uh, dumb. As Brian pointed out, it's it's one thing that they were gross lizard people, and it's another. But they men! Oh, like, yeah, that really fucking pissed that, me
0: off. Yeah, there was, uh, there was a lot. And there was another one where it's like, oh, she looks attractive. Was like, or no, uh, uh, Trip was like, Yeah, she looks good. And then uh, Malcolm was like, I didn't think she is the right pronoun. And I'm like, oh, come on.
2: That's yeah. a man. It like, sounds like Austin Powers.
0: Well, I mean.
1: Yeah. If the leisure suit fits. Like, yeah, it was no, just
0: such a, like.
1: A real uh, like, yeah no and and trip did a little of it but again it's still not okay but trip makes it a little more okay because he's he seems non-threatening and charming and malcolm's just a creep yeah just oh gross why would two men have sex it's it's a lot of what i talked about back in the day when we were covering next gen with with jonathan frakes where Mm -hmm. Riker could come off as this sort of hyper macho gross creep but instead he was charming and interesting and it's like yeah, I see why the ladies go for him. He's got a mm-hmm. he's got a charming smile, and he's kind of disarming in a way that makes you feel important and not diminished. And it's, it's nice. And Tripp's got that, and Malcolm has the opposite of that. Yeah, and it's gross. I don't and know.
0: Malcolm and Malcolm also has syphilis.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope Malcolm looks like he lives under the refrigerator. <laughs> Just like every morning. Every morning when everyone's getting ready to go to work, he just sort of slinks out from under the fridge. Morning, <laughs> morning, Malcolm. Morning.
1: Well, that's the most secure place on the ship, I assume. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> uh, anything else? Um, I feel like there probably was, but it was a, it was, it was a pretty overstuffed episode.
1: I liked a lot of the character stuff. Like, I, the plot overall was a little dumb, but uh, you know, yeah, it was no, I like, think I actually feel like I know some of these guys a little better now, and some of them I like more, and some not so much. But you know, I honestly think that
0: I like this episode more now that we've talked about it than I did when I was watching it. Mm-hmm. That's so,
1: right. you know, that's all. What about you, Matt? Did you like? I don't want to like. The two of us are saying that. That doesn't mean that you uh, you have nah, to there agree. Was, just...
2: There was parts of it that were fine.
1: It was mostly just draggy. Yeah, but it was it was trip in his leisure suit, so if nothing else I'll you'll want to wait for that. You know. yeah.
0: I will say reading over Al's notes, I like that he's he's writing as he's watching, and one of them says, I hope she's just a woman he met and not somebody from the stupid temporal cold war. Yeah, bad news. And also, I hope Hoshi just got laid and there's no stupid twist here. So, you know, you're one for two.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm not I'm bad. I'm always looking for those twists. My favorite thing is when I, I will write a note that says, oh, I hope th- I, I hope this isn't that And then the na- very next line a character will say, oh, this isn't that like oh, okay, this writer actually uh, addressed that issue. Thank you for that.
0: Okay, I want to talk about Michael Dorn briefly so
1: okay. oh yeah, he directed this.
0: Yes, oh. yes. Uh, yeah, um, and I have a suspicion that his whole uh, uh, reason for directing it was to make sure that he was no longer the star of the worst episode set on Risa, And he's like, <laughs> I'm going to make it even less sexy.
1: Yeah, well, guess
2: what, be. Michael? You failed.
0: You failed.
1: Yeah. Jokes on one.
0: you. There was interesting character stuff, which yours didn't even have.
2: Yep. And nobody yep. knocked over a table.
1: Yep. Did, did someone knock over a table in his episode? All I remember is him being a a jerk.
2: But yeah, no that that was a real I hate wharf solidifier for your for your boy here.
1: And there were Are no. Boy. Uh,
2: yeah, I was
1: one I, of your boys. I, I, I assumed you. he was. I, I the. Know, uh, I do. There were also no Horgans in this one, which was. The one thing uh, there, everybody, yeah, there was, one, uh, it, yeah. Uh, was there one?
2: one, and it's a light switch,
1: yeah. Amanda pointed this out to me too. There's uh, in a part of the architecture, just like that, that symbol is worked in, like, and I don't know if it's a symbol that means something to their whole culture or if it maybe evolved somehow, but I, uh, that was a good touch, I thought. Yeah. Or
0: maybe it wasn't a light switch, maybe it was a sex button,
1: yeah. Could be <laughs> you push well, it, I and mean, you have sex. Archer wasn't pushing it, so you know. <laughs> yeah. Also, one more quick thing. Push it real good, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Salt and pepper. <laughs> I. Why didn't we see like Portho We were promised Porthos walking, in, <laughs> in, in outside in, in because like because... like that one episode where they went down to the planet and he's running through the field. Yeah. Like, why wasn't there him running on the beach? Come on. I see because they blew their uh,
0: because they blew their location budget playing uh, lacrosse with Clanky Brown.
1: Uh, I wanted to see. Porthos running on the beach. I, I would I would forgive this show so much of its transgressions if that dog did more. Everybody's
0: alternate title for this would have been,
1: aww. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, I, I've said this many times before, but Porthos is the reason I adopted a beagle back in the day in the first place. So mm-hmm. it's working on me again. Like, well, that dog's no longer with me, but I could get another one. Look how cute they are. He's a good, good boy. Yes, he is. Stop giving him cheese. <laughs> all right uh let's do our alternate titles brian what do you got uh, i already gave
0: you four, four alternate titles
1: uh, oh so you
0: did but yeah. i wanted I, I had another one because my my original for uh the Flock's plot which i
1: guess was shared was to paul's plot or to plot
2: <laughs> that's fair
1: that sounds a bit klingon T'Plot. <laughs> i was just
2: gonna say yeah
1: uh matt what do you got
2: hesh wants sex but you know with star trek
1: mine is a reference to what go ahead sorry i didn't try too hard because you picked the best one yeah i know right jerk i i i honestly didn't think i'd be feeling the alternate titles thing again matt was really excited like okay we'll we'll do it but i don't know if i have any more in me and i've been feeling it so you know um yeah this this refers to specifically what happened to malcolm and uh and trip which is catfished (laughs) <laughs> with an exclamation I, point i definitely. felt so mad when i read that
0: that i, yeah, that, I you... that I didn't think of that joke from a summary
1: i had to double check like uh, uh urban dictionary to make sure i was remembering the correct definition of catfish like, yeah okay, no you're good i mean
0: te- technically i don't think it counts if you do it in person but whatever. no i know
1: close enough they are it's... they were people misrepresenting themselves yeah they were then... in
0: disguise you know this, yeah. was, this is the science fiction equivalent yeah yeah.
1: Exactly. yeah all right um what do you got for your quote brian
0: uh, my quote right here is it's right after Dr. Flox has woken up and he speaks for all of us. Who's oh, sick? Ensign Mayweather.
1: Who? <laughs> <laughs> so are you are you on um are you on Team Travis's Boring? Uh, I am definitely on Team Travis's Boring. It hasn't come um, up much in your in your appearance yet, but I know Flonk has said it a lot. Yeah, uh, it hasn't come
0: up much quite. in my appearance because Travis did nothing in this episode but fall off a mountain. I, that's all he. And that's does. more than I like him. That's more than he's done for the past few weeks. I did like him when he apologized to the uh, the the food eating sex aliens. That's a yeah, bad that's, way of describing that's them. Pretty much the high
2: point. That's almost the
0: opposite of what they actually are. The food eating sex aliens. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The non food eating, not sex aliens.
1: Right. All right. I think it's time to move forward now to the finale of season one. Hooray. Hey. Shockwave part one. Matt, what do you got?
2: All right, so the Enterprise is headed towards some colony to make first contact. Everyone's all baffled by how this planet is a matriarchy, and I'm ready to heave a hefty sigh when Malcolm accidentally sets the atmosphere on fire, killing 36,000 people in about 10 seconds. It's been a long time! Getting from there to here, it's been a long time. Back on the ship, Malcolm is insisting it wasn't his fault. Archer is moping, T'Pol is telling Archer not to mope, Trip has a sucking head wound, and Admiral Michael Keaton is informing everybody to pack up their shit the Vulcans are making us come home. Jeez, Vulcan, like you, jeez, Vulcan, like you never committed a genocide. So that night, Archer is visited by the ghost of Star Trek yet to come, a.k.a. that crewman from the future who's involved in the Temporal Cold War, which, by the way, means that, yes, this one's about the Temporal Cold War. I know. I'm sorry, too. Uh. In his quarters on Earth ten months ago. I have no idea why this is. The ghost tells Archer that the Enterprise was sabotaged or something and informs him where to look for it. Also some future chit tech so that they can track down the Suliban what did this. So Archer does all that, Enterprise goes back to the dead planet and find the Cloak Sullivan ship, and then Archer, Paul and Trip run around with guns, because this is what the showrunners think is exciting. They retrieve some disks that proves themselves innocent, and then head back to Earth or whatever with a, a swarm of cloaked Sullivan space bees attacking Shanghai Archer. He's about to go when the ghost kidnaps him into the future of the 31st century, where he's shown his own grave and then meets Pharaoh Lad. I'm sorry, Marty, it looks like you're stuck here
1: so J- brian this will be a tiny spoiler but you did look at memory Alpha recently this is part uh, what what of what for the uh you i remember?
0: believe this is um hold on i'll actually check because i think it's out of 13. oh jesus christ i know this is part five because um the because because the last one was temporal cold war part four um, well, if they're
1: just... counting episodes like that, where just someone shows up and talks about the Suliban for a minute, then maybe that's not. So well, bad. I mean, it it was part of the plot. Like she did. No, it like absolutely is. But what I'm saying is, to like. What uh, I'm saying is, we're n- we're not gonna have to expect eight uh, more episodes. Thirteen. Of, part
0: four yeah. of thirteen.
1: But we don't have to expect eight more episodes of this necessarily. It could just be a passing reference.
0: Oh boy, guys. Um.
1: So I'm I'm gonna
0: do a light spoiler here because I just clicked on the Memory off article for Temporal Cold War. Uh-huh. And it lists the uh, temporal powers, uh, which is you know the people that have been doing the main fighting, and then uh-huh. the proxy powers, which include like United Earth and the Klingon Empire, and also get ready for it, Nazi
1: Germany. Yeah, no, that I knew was coming. Really? We're going to be going back there the again. Cold War, but yeah, I do know they, There's actually a two-parter where these guys go back to World War II. So, okay. yeah.
2: Can anyone at this point explain to me what the temporal Cold War is, other than a bad thing about the future? See- Seriously, I'll tell you this, I...
0: and then I'll close this article so I don't accidentally spoiler, but the um, the shadowy guy mm-hmm. is literally the described here man. as the mysterious benefactor of the Sulaban Cabal, uh, yeah. Cabal, and his Memory Alpha article is just called Humanoid Figure, so get ready to never find out what his
2: deal is.
1: I'm no, kind of that... okay with that. I've mentioned this at least once before. There was there one of the uh, Department of uh, Temporal Investigations books was literally written to uh, like m- explain and make sense of all the dangling plot threads from this. Like God, this... the writers never resolve what happens. And I, I may be a little wrong. Don't correct me because we'll get there. We'll find out. But my oh, understanding I so it, far. I don't know. No, no, no. I'm saying to the listeners because people oh, okay. write in and tell us in season three this happens. And I kind of like like it doesn't ruin the show for me. But I kind of like not entirely knowing. So yeah you know but i have heard uh, from several places that this was a terrible plot they didn't know where it was going and when the new showrunner takes over in season 4 they just dissolve it just forget it it's <laughs> done wow so i don't think anything gets resolved i could be wrong we'll find out but i'm pretty I kind of
2: love the balls on throwing away a plotline you had running for 3 years
1: it's like, I, my understanding is, wait a minute, you guys are doing a Star Trek prequel. Why aren't you doing more with, like, the Andorians and, like, the uh, this and that? Like, there's so much cool Star Trek stuff to talk about. Why are you doing this? Fuck that. <laughs> so, anyway, th- the thing is, I'm just gonna, gonna I, my, my good thing and bad thing go together here. So, give, give me a sec if you could. Okay. Um, My good thing is the first couple of acts of this were actually really good. There were some great stakes. Maybe we genocided a planet and the mission's going to be canceled. Everyone actually really sold the emotions of this. I was really, in particular, invested in Archer, where he's like, Mm -hmm. shit, man, I didn't know what I was doing, but I thought I was kind of starting to maybe feel like I did know what I was doing, and then this happened, and now we got to go home. This sucks. And, like, I was actually caring what was going to happen next. Are they going to cancel the mission? What's going to happen? But Mm -hmm. then my bad thing. Then the future comes in and helps them because there was time meddling that they never were responsible in the first place. And they were framed by the future that not only pointlessly raises the stakes, which were fine. The stakes were, these guys are going to lose their jobs. Now the yeah. stakes are much bigger and more pointless. It completely undermines Archer reaching a natural emotional conclusion on his own. Like we were following him going through like the stages of grief and then kind of breaking out of that. And okay, let's prove that we didn't do this. Let's, let's prove our worth. We can mm-hmm. get out of this. No, now it's that thing that we hated from Into Darkness, which the future just steps in and solves the problems for them. Yeah, and I it's, hate it. I hate it, it, seems it so like
2: much. Cheating, and it it's, it really bugs me. But there I was really some natural liked, p- plot
1: and character stuff happening until that point. I really like the both of Al's good things were this show almost did something right. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's most of my my comment on the show so far is there's some great potential that you guys fucked up. Um. I
0: really liked that whole first plotline, too, especially because it felt like they were afraid they were going to get canceled. Yeah. The whole impression I was getting was like, oh, no, Captain, they're going to cancel our mission unless everybody writes to Starfleet Command and tells them how much they like watching <laughs> us. <laughs> yep.
2: And also clap your hands to show you believe in us. <laughs> doctor stop quiet. existing. I,
0: I believe in fairies. yes. Ugh.
2: Stop it. Stop copying me. Clap hard <laughs> to kill Reed.
1: Remember remember when we uh, couldn't tell those two apart? Yep. Good times. <laughs> anyway, no, it's the first portion. Like, any time Star Trek just does a thing, and uh, when it's more grounded, like, of course it's not grounded. It's set in the future, and they have warp engines and stuff. But mm-hmm. really, grounded in their own reality, and they don't have to twist the plot, mm-hmm. and they don't have to blow your mind. Like, it's that it's that Bran and Braga mind-blowing thing where you can't just have these characters doing a straight line, you have to bring time into it, or you have to like you know all this is gonna get undone. You know that's how this is gonna go. Yeah so I'm real why mad do I about care that. about any of this? It's it's year of hell again.
2: Yeah.
0: And no. Mark Twain shows up and drags Archer back to the uh, uh
2: Battle of Agincourt. I don't know. Now no, I mentioned <laughs> this this one reminded me a ton of the uh Trek novel Prime Directive. Yeah, I think I've read
1: that one. They Where, should they have. That-
0: they should have some sort of prime directive, you guys.
1: A directive, the first oh. one. Yeah. No, and actually, that uh, prime we'll directive. Prime directive was written by uh, Judith and Garfield reeve Stevens, right?
2: Yeah, it's one of the best Trek doubles, but um, well, it, like it, it, it involves the the original Enterprise, the good original Enterprise, right. um, <laughs> basically doing the same thing. They accidentally uh, the original,
0: torch original the, the atmosphere
2: and kill hundreds of thousands of people, and. The whole mission gets shut down. Everyone goes their separate ways, and eventually they sort of get back together and, you know, figure out what actually happened. And but right. like this doesn't go away. They still like they were a part of an accident that killed hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah, and they don't of, get
1: a big reset button. It's a thing that yeah.
2: happened. and a lot of the book is about them helping, like, clean up and stuff. And well, my... I like that. There's like like something that we did mattered and like a like yeah. You know, we have to deal with that now. This no, is it's, just it's always, be like the it's future. always
1: such a it's always such a cheat to me to say these characters are going through some cool shit that could change them forever and then just mm. take it away. Yeah. Yep. Like I want to see what happens next. Well, nothing happens next. Everything goes back to the way it was. It's... But the the reason I asked about Judith and Garfield Ree Stevens is I know they end up writing for this show at some point and they may have already Really. Like, th- it might be on purpose. Like they mm. might have taken part of their plot like as them being writers maybe they bought it from them who knows
2: oh it's possible yeah
1: yeah but I, I i don't mean to take away from what you're saying at all i just wanted to point out that that book those book, that book's writers actually work for this show so yeah
2: i haven't seen them yet because we definitely would have mentioned that but no uh, we would have yeah. yeah
1: everything is story by braga and Berman so far but <gasps> no i know i know they definitely show it up in sure season is. four but uh yeah no this felt the most Berman and braga i've seen in a while oh yeah Yeah.
2: And, like, we don't have the reset button
1: yet, but, like, does anyone think it's not coming? Like, seriously? Voyager did this a bunch where you know part two is just, uh, well, this will all be fine. Yeah. Great. Good. We got that to look forward to. Yep. Uh, And really, I cannot emphasize enough how much I just hate the cheat of getting... uh, Well, I don't hate the cheat. I love the cheat. I'm glad he's not Mm. dead. But... (laughs) the total breaking the rules of just getting help from guys from the future. Like you you don't learn anything. You don't grow. Like part of the cool premise of this show was you're out there by yourself. There's no other Starfleet ships. And a lot of the technology we've come to rely on in other shows doesn't exist yet. So you either have to invent it or come up with interesting ways around that. And instead, no, we'll just ask our friend from the future. It'll be. (laughs) It turns out there's a lot of Starfleet ships and they all have better technology. Yeah. It's, It's like, we make such a big deal
2: about how we don't need help from the Vulcans. Like that's a huge part of the show, yeah, but we'll take help from this human guy from the future.
1: Take help from the
0: Goddamn Enterprise R. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, I believe the Enterprise J shows up at some point, not even getting... oh Lord, nope. I thought I was joking. you, know, you nope. know what? I'll just I'm just I'll see myself out. Oh, no, no no, no. Come on, Can I
0: ask you a quick question? yeah this this time traveling Starfleet guy that showed up. Do any of us remember his name?
1: no yeah it's um uh fuck it's a it, uh, daniel yeah that, oh dang okay i was gonna say it's a, it's I an anglo sure it's a very boring anglo name let's see reynolds no D- dangles no john john archer yeah there you go yeah
0: uh no it's is, daniels when he showed up and they were doing this thing i actually forgot he was on an earlier episode i i absolutely did too Archer, I I like, being, why
2: is thank you our old and friend
0: they, they they got into their conversation. I was like, wait, am I supposed to know who this guy is? And yeah, then Him appearing said was something.
1: very... It was set up as a very dun-dun-dun moment. And I'm like, okay, so?
2: <laughs> I, maybe
1: I'm you sorry, shouldn't Star have asked a mannequin.
2: Hey, I'm yeah. sorry, Star Trek. I don't instantly recognize all balding mannequins you put in front of me.
0: You know what? I... No, if it was an actual literal mannequin, that would have been something interesting for me great. to remember.
1: Or even a mannequin too on the move, yeah.
0: <laughs> there you go. It could have been uh, Hollywood... What the hell is his name? Hollywood. The, Hollywood the horrible... Montrose.
1: Yeah, the uh version one of Titus from uh, Kimmy Schmidt. Oh yeah, there's a big difference. I like Titus. I don't for exactly that reason, but that's a, <laughs> that's another discussion for another time. Um, no, it, at at best, this guy had had the uh had the demeanor of a slightly effeminate waiter. Was was what <laughs> oh I got God, from him kid. in his first appearance. We pointed that out before, and it's this. I know it comes off as vaguely homophobic. That's not how I mean it. What I mean is he comes off as every hack comedian's version of a gay waiter. Yeah, like yeah, I can see that. Not a gay waiter I've met in my life, but an like a, a, a broad SNL version of that. Sure, is how he came off to me, and that's how I kind of remember him as the. Oh, I guess I'll take your dish back to the kitchen and I'll spit in it. You know, like that kind of thing.
2: Also, oh, I want to see him bring a giant hamburger to a blue muppet.
1: I'll <laughs> well, see now that waiter. I would watch a whole series about that's. that's I would
2: me. love if that waiter was the Star Trek character. I would watch oh, that man. show every day. Yeah, me too.
1: No, it, it just uh, and then yeah, Matt, you pointed out why are we in the, the his apartment ten months ago? I no. That? I thought oh, I no. I
0: remember their incredibly dumb explanation for that. Okay,
2: please, like yeah. okay
0: it was because nobody would think to look for them there. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, you could say the same about most places.
2: Yeah, but I mean, say like, about any place in the past, honestly. You're, no you're what the, I know the, is you're the John Archer
0: of 10 months past. from now. Nobody would think to look for you 10 months ago. Like, I guess.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, Q Nobody would think to look hid... for him in
0: a cave on, you know, Alpha Centauri Quattro or something.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are we numbering planets in Spanish now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of Alpha Centauras. Okay. Well, there's a lot of Rigels, so you could hide in one of them. There you they go. Just play like a Rigel shell game. Oh, Rigel 38. <laughs> no, like, like Q once hid Voyager in a Christmas tree. Like, get get a little more imaginative. That was a little too far in the other direction, but there's somewhere in between, you know? I mean, now you guys that's, admit...
2: Oh, no that's it. Anyone this
1: guy's Christmas. a boring Q. <laughs>
0: He shows up with powers beyond comprehension. He drags people around wherever he wants them. He strands them in different time periods. Yeah, but he's not Only a fun-loving imp. He's boring. just a
1: boring guy, yeah.
2: Yeah. He's a paperwork-loving
0: like imp. The thing okay, the, about Delancey... Daniels is now named a Bad Q.
1: <laughs> the thing about Delancey Q was, yeah, he was like a, a troublemaking imp, but this guy, not so much. Yeah. Uh, just. I don't. Also, Matt, you you called this in the episode where it happened when they sealed off his corridors and were like, "Ooh, we'll be coming back to that in the season finale." Oh, yeah. And so we did. Uh-huh. To his magic briefcase full of magic.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got to open that real creepy lock they put up. The uh the one that that was so full of purpose when we saw it in the last shot of that, that episode.
1: You're doing that slow dolly shot down the corridor like it's the fucking X-Files or something. You know what? It Leave was, the X-Files it to was the X-Files. So like they might yeah, as well but this have been was... carrying giant flashlights. Yeah. No, they have. They carry flashlights on their flashlights. Yep. <laughs> this is something I think Matt pointed out. Uh, their their flashlights have auxiliary auxiliary, separate flashlights attached yes. to them. So Flash that they lights. so that they can see when they're turning corners.
2: My theory is that they can fi- so they can find them in the dark.
1: That's the thing is, if it was on when the when the main light was off, that would make sense. But it's always on. There's always two lights now, and then yeah, maybe seeing around corners. I don't know. Like it's a periscope. Yeah, because like
0: they can like turn one or the other, or like they got like two flashlights and the third one in the middle that turns with the steering wheel, like the Tucker torpedo.
2: <laughs> the Tucker torpedo. <laughs> you guys talking about my torpedo?
0: <laughs> no, we're
1: talking about Jeff Bridges' torpedo. Ah, Tucker, the man in his dream. <laughs> That's for Bob, the only other person who remembers Tucker, the man in his dream.
0: <laughs> that was a wasn't that a Lucasfilm joint?
1: <laughs> it was, yeah. No, it's just that's one of those movies. Like, you know, there's those off. I mean, this is every movie for you, Brian, but for the rest of us, there's a handful <laughs> of like off the beaten path movies that you're really excited about that hardly anyone else has heard of. That's one of Bob's.
0: I just remember that because like I had a magazine when I was a kid that had a lot of stuff about Star Wars and Indiana Jones and Willow, and also like a, <laughs> a four page article about Tucker.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> it was like okay, I guess. Uh, look and at that. Directed,
1: it's... I believe, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. So
0: that's true. And he invented a car with three headlights.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. How and many seatbelts. Do you see?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Matt, what was your good thing? Uh,
2: mm-hmm. oh, I like the Stila been crawling around on the ceiling. It was very Spider-Man.
1: I mean, you know, we've said before we're we're it's it's a struggle sometimes, but we've seen that before. Like, Uh let's... yeah, I got to say the 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 fifth or sixth
0: time, they threw something into a hallway and it exploded and a bunch of Suluban fell off the ceiling. Yeah, no, um, that was hilarious. I was a little like, boy, we're still doing this? I think the Suluban yeah, would have that was out my to, thought. It, it at
1: was the very like... least, camouflage themselves while standing on the ground. Yeah. No, I thought no, it was cool in the pilot, not... but by this point, you know.
2: Like, let's be real here for a second. That's a dumb fucking race of uh, aliens. Especially,
1: yeah, it... we're all camouflaged and hiding on the ceiling. Should we,
0: like, shoot them while we're up here? No, no, no. We'll just wait for them to knock us off here.
1: They're full on video game characters to the point that I expect them to be talking amongst themselves when the guys walk by. There's no such thing as Captain Archer. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know, when a Sullivan dies, a little glowing orb appears above it and briefly hovers in place and then flies into Archer and restores his health.
1: Yeah, exactly. Captain. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brian, what was your? Oh, boy. What was your good thing? Well, okay, every guest seems to be obligated to weigh in on the theme song, so you yeah, know it's what? your first but appearance th- on Enterprise. It's something what, we need to talk about. What the heck? I kind of like it. Okay, now do you like, like it in and of itself, is. or do you like it as the theme song of the show? I like
0: okay, that's it. I like it as the theme song to the show. Really? I would not, like, put
1: it on my iPod and listen to it. Uh, that's but... the opposite of what most people who defend it think. They think right? you know, a lot like, of people think it's a think, good show, yeah. but, or a good song, but not for this show.
0: No, I I kind of like it. It feels like the theme song for the show that we wish this was. It feels like aspirational and hopeful and like there's like a brand new world out there that we're going to be discovering new life and new civilizations. Okay, and... take take away the visuals though and just No, the no, no, I know. Do you but still it's, feel it's, that way? It's, it's cheesy as hell. Okay. I'm not going to deny that, but I think there's something about it that works. And the thing is, have you guys ever listened to the end credits music for the show?
1: Uh, only the... until I can find the remote, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the original, or because I
0: know they wrote an orchestral theme song that they then replaced with this. I'm pretty sure that's what it was, and that thing sounds terrible. I would much rather listen to this
1: goofball 80s power ballad uh, every week than... I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before, but uh, that song was originally written, I believe, for Rod Stewart for the movie Patch Adams, and this is a cover (laughs) of that. Yeah, sounds like it. (laughs) so Patches! it was That's a, not, it's a real 90s end credits uh power ballad uh, not exactly a, a strong pedigree to start with but then it's a cover of that so it's like a copy yeah. of a copy
0: it's, it's like it's, one of those uh one of those brian adams joints yeah or Which, oh I, wait what was the uh the one from the 1993 three musketeers yeah it was where sting they
1: got, and brian adams and rod Bryan Stewart. Adams. Oh, it was
0: rod stewart yeah yeah and all so for they got one and me. one
1: for love uh,
0: yeah because they were like, we got the Three
1: Musketeers of shitty end credit songs <laughs> of of soft rock, like uh, VH1 friendly music your dad would like. Not your dad specifically, but anyone's dad in 1993. The general, your my dad. dad alone. Yeah, I I do have to I, I do wonder though, Matt. Um, that mm-hmm. song had uh uh Brian Adams and Sting and Rod Stewart. Two of those guys are British and one is Canadian. Does that still count as CanCon?
2: Uh, yeah, that's close <laughs> enough.
1: Okay, because. Like I thought, it had to be like f- at least fifty percent Canadian by volume to to count as Canadian. The content. thing
2: is, we have so little Canadian content that we'll take what we can get. So.
1: That's why. Oh, uh, that's why Brian Adams was uh, eating timbits throughout the entire music video. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just to balance out uh, Sting and Rod Stewart. Yep. That's fair. One of, one of my one of my favorite pieces of trivia is that uh, in the earliest days of MTV, nobody had made videos yet because they didn't know they were a thing. So like two thirds of the uh, on air content was Rod Stewart because somehow he saw it coming <laughs> and had like twenty videos ready to go, wow. and everyone else had to scramble to catch up in the first few months. Well, so uh, MTV was mostly it's Rod Rod's Stewart. turn
0: to be on the avant-garde?
1: I don't know what Rod Stewart sounds like. <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> that's about right. I think he's r- raspier, but that's that's about it. Hello, him. it's me, Rod Stewart. Hello, he definitely sings like this. Hello, Rod anyway. Stewart used oh, to talk like this. Totally time on MTV, <laughs> Are you doing the Michael Caine bit, Matt? Yes. <laughs> they, they, there's a new series of The Trip, uh, which also also The Trip. That's great. Um, <laughs> called The Trip to Italy, and uh, they they revisit that again. But mostly, the impression they do throughout that is Mick Jagger, like the competing impression. is also <laughs> pretty great. I love those guys. Yeah. Uh, what, what's your bad thing, Brian?
0: Uh, well, since my bad, my good thing was the theme song, I decided to keep it general instead of going episode specific and say that my bad thing is Flux's makeup. Um, really? Yeah, I don't like that he just has like. I don't like when the aliens just look like humans. I really hate yeah. that. Um, but what I like even less is when they have perfectly normal human faces right in the middle that are surrounded by alien stuff on the sides like a weird frame
2: yeah like
0: i'm not saying he's got to have a neelix dick nose or something but
2: (laughs) no one is saying that just
0: like something coming up because what it is is he's got like crazy ears and he's got crazy chin and he's got crazy cheeks and he's got a crazy forehead and then a regular human face right in the middle of it sort of peering out it's weird, and it's always slightly off-putting. There's even, the, like, they did that little CGI, like, smile tweak to him once.
1: Oh, yeah, uh, and they like change his eyes like, sometimes,
0: too. Sometimes his eyes change, or his weird note, uh, tongue comes out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm like, that. that it, it just makes it even weirder when it's coming out of the regular bit of his head. Eh,
1: it I don't doesn't know. bother me, but I can see it. Mm-hmm. I yeah, like that my... guy a
0: lot. Like, I like that I, character. No, I, and... I, he's, he's definitely top-tier character. Uh,
1: which is why I wish she, I don't know, make more green, why not, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Make something, him stand out
1: a little bit. I don't know if we pointed this out on the show or not. Amanda points it out every week because it bothers the hell out of her. Uh, Tapal's makeup changes all the time, and not her Vulcan makeup, her, her like, cosmetic makeup, like her, her oh, blush and eyeliner I actually and stuff. Oh, did notice that. She her skin something. tone looks different in half the episodes, and it's like they can't figure out what she looks like. And, and they're giving different. her, like, these, like, weird, like, peach, like, lip gloss. Yeah, and you know just like we talked about Kira back in the day she T'Pol does not spend a long time looking in the mirror making herself pretty that's not a yeah. thing that matters to her so mm-hmm. what the hell what is what are we meant to think there
0: I don't know, I don't know. I, they lost me when they didn't give her Vulcan eyebrows
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. There's a lot I want to like about her. And actually, this, this wasn't my, my proper good thing, but this was a good thing about this episode. I feel like T'Pol really nailed all the Vulcan stuff real hard in this one, like more than ever. Like, Yeah, she she mm-hmm. was actually pretty good in this one. I don't normally yeah. like T'Pol, but... I, I want to like her and I sympathize with her, but in this one, she's like, Captain, I understand you guys are emotional. I'm not telling you not to be emotional, but I am telling you, you need to snap out of it enough to do something. And yeah. I like that. That's what her job yeah. should be. Yes. Not not shaming him for being human, but snapping him out of his bullshit, you know? And there was a
0: little bit where she was like talking to Flocks about like, oh, I'm not sure the captain's psychologically well because of this and this and this. And Flox is like, that's just how humans get when something bad happens, you know? He's, he's going
1: to be moody for a little while. That's fine. What I liked so, about that was she didn't say, relieve him duty. She said, mm-hmm. keep an eye on him. Yeah. Also good. And she didn't go... and
0: a sign of her character development, she didn't go right to the captain and say, you are behaving badly. She like went to the doctor and was like, right. hey, other alien, help me figure a human thing out.
1: Yeah, the, the, the person most qualified to diagnose someone as a doctor, tell me what's going on here.
0: Also, speaking of which, there was a great bit where Trip was being really mad at the doctor and the doctor was just being a ridiculous optimist at oh, him. Oh, that was such a <laughs> Could you just stop looking on the goddamn sunny side
1: of things for one second? Oh, I do love how emotionally intense you are. Yeah. <laughs> No, Phlox's whole reaction is, well, oh, this was fun, but the next thing will be fun, too. Oh, well. I like that. I like that about him a lot. That's life. Let me pack up all my leeches. Yep. <laughs> the thing is, his leeches work. We've seen it work. They do, yes. It's not just like he's a crazy mad scientist. He's just been around a lot and knows a lot of unconventional treatments, which is great. Well, it
0: looks like it's Mayweather has been poisoned. Better put a bezor into him. <laughs>
1: These I was are, like uh, a good bezoar reference. I don't actually know what that is. What is that? That
0: was a uh, Harry Potter joke where uh, somebody was poisoned and the uh, the there was a complicated antidote and then written in the margin was just cram a bezoar down his throat, <laughs> which which now to pull in a Buffy joke is a uh, a toadstone, which doesn't yeah. look like a toad. Why shouldn't it? It came from inside the toad.
2: Right. <laughs> uh, Matt, what was your bad thing? Uh, I hate Lieutenant Dead Future Guy's stupid future suit. It looks like he's basically tangled up in the Xbox cords behind my TV. <laughs> all right, he's literally wrapped in dozens upon dozens of thick black cords. Yeah, he, he like looks an old like school board coming. It's like
0: one of like one of the Borg in season two of Next Generation, where they just had wires upon wires all no, over it's them.
2: No, cheaper than that. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's like when my dog used to get in fights with my rock band uh, game.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh, like like, Reed Richards from the bad true. Fantastic
1: Four movie that came out last year where he had yeah. bungee cords all over his outfit.
2: Yeah. I like how you what had to
1: specify hell? which bad Fantastic Four movie because there's been so many now. There's I mean, been... there have
2: only been bad Ain't... Fantastic Four movies. There have right. been
1: four that's Fantastic Four movies and they have none of them been fantastic. That's oh. true. I still have a fondness for the Roger Corman one only because it is quintessentially riffable and I wish they could untangle the rights so that Riff tracks or MST or somebody could get a hold of it. I
0: yes. wish that Fox would just take that Sony deal and give them back to Marvel.
1: Wow. Yeah,
2: that would be yes. awesome.
0: Yeah, They've got scrolls now. That's something. Yeah. Okay. I assume, that, and, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe. Maybe someday.
2: I mean, if Marvel can make an Ant-Man movie that made money, they can make a fucking good Fantastic Four movie.
1: I think... So they make I think, good I think yeah. the key to making a good Fantastic Four movie is to set it in the 60s and to fully embrace the, the Jack yeah. Kirby madness of it. Don't try to modernize it. Don't try to make it relevant. Just make it crazy, nutso, future of the 60s stuff. Yeah. That's how you do it. But anyway, that's just There you good. go. All right. Uh, we need to wrap things up here. Uh, yeah, any we're any final thoughts?
0: Uh, No. I mean, we'll see what happens next season, I guess.
1: I know exactly what's going to happen and so do both of you. Like, mm-hmm. we, can, we can predict the plot beats of the next episode almost, like, to the point where we could write the dialogue for them. Yeah, it's it's gonna Boring so Q lazy, is going to fix everything. Yep. Uh-huh. As usual. Okay, let's do our alternate titles. Brian, what do you got? Uh,
0: well, this is an alternate title for Shockwave that I think will work maybe for Al and a couple listeners. I don't even know about that, but I call it Shock
1: Blast. <laughs> is that a Transformers reference?
0: It is, because they. Uh... The character Shockwave, they were not allowed to call him that on the toys, and so they changed
1: his name to Shockblast only for the uh, action figure releases. Oh, that I didn't actually know. I do know there was a Radio Shack knockoff based on the same mold, which was called Shackwave, which I really liked. that's
0: pretty good. There's also because usually what they would do is um like because they weren't allowed to say Jazz, for instance, and right. so that's why on all of his stuff he's listed as Autobot Jazz.
1: Right. Uh, exactly. Why? Uh, it's because, because you can't they, copyright a word that's licensed. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's certain like general words that you just can't put a copyright on. There maybe that other... what that
2: Bumblebee thing's happening now?
1: Maybe I don't know.
2: Hmm.
1: I know also that Volkswagen doesn't want Bumblebee to be a Volkswagen anymore, so that's also a thing. But yeah, and my alternate title was a a line from the actual episode, which which amused me. A swarm of cloaked bees. <laughs> Which one of you put in this, uh, Batman, this panel for Batman? That would be me. Okay. Could you give us a a dramatic reading of this, please? This is Batman.
2: An Amazon attack. A deadly bee weapon. Bees. My god. Good.
1: (laughs) Alright, well, that's... Oh, and you got a quote for us, Matt?
2: Oh, yeah, that was just this. It reminded me of Scotty.
1: What are you guys doing to my engines? Yeah, it's the crazy future guys fucking with Trip and Leave it alone, damn it. Yeah. yeah. I do like how he cares about his
0: engines. They're not making this like a full-blown Scotty like uh, I love my ship like a woman kind of thing.
1: No. But, he loves his uh, ship like a boat. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, that's yeah. all for this time. That's all for season one. So uh, f- halfway, halfway there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian, you got anything you want to plug or promote or tell the people? Yeah.
0: Uh... Yeah, uh, my book's not finished and my uh, my blog's still on hold. So uh, I guess uh, the Drama Club Tumblr account, vmdrama.tumblr.com. We're going to be doing cool. some Shakespeare this year. Oh, I did um, recently stumble across uh, some uh, interesting uh, Twitter feeds that are definitely not just me uh, putting a bunch of fake accounts on my phone. No, of course um, I thought if you might be interested in seeing what uh, people are up to uh, on this mission, you could look at, um, at Florida Man Trip, uh, at LTReadDTF. And uh, at Admiral Dadsack, the uh, commanding officer of the uh, entire mission, and uh, Ensign sack's grandfather. So, Excellent. There you go.
2: I will say how much I enjoy
1: the opportunity to tell Reed to shut the fuck up. Yeah, that's been nice.
0: <laughs> he he sure is interested in bums.
1: Well, that's that's his thing. That's the one thing we know about him. Uh-huh. I will
0: say also, if he ever does anything interesting, I do know that at the Travigator
1: is ready to go. <laughs> So probably zero tweets by uh, by this time <laughs> next year. Yeah, basically. All right, well, that's all for this time. Uh, you we we will be doing the uh, between seasons uh, supplemental episode next. So you have a few days to still to write to us at postatomic at Gmail. send us those mails. We'd love to hear from you. We got a lot already though. it's gonna it's shaping up to be one of them like two hour supplementals. So just Woo! bear that in mind. Uh, and that's all for this time.
2: Yeah. Uh, see you, folks. The Post Atomic
0: Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2017. Please don't sue us. We're 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 still just doing this.